The following is Nature of Business with Chrissy Coughlin in association with GreenBiz.com. This is Nature of Business, and I'm your host, Chrissy Coughlin. And Nature of Business is brought to you by Nashua Better Buildings, a local division of New Hampshire Better Buildings. Nashua Better Buildings educates and works with homeowners and businesses to save energy, make their place comfortable, and improve air quality. For more information, log on to NashuaBetterBuildings.com. And with us right now, we have Chuck Bennett. He is the Vice President of Earth and Community Care for Veda. Chuck is responsible for leading the company's environmental and community outreach. And he guides the company and its affiliated network of salons and retail outlets in taking Aveda the mission to new levels of success globally. Welcome, Chuck. How are you? I'm very well, Chrissy. Good morning. Good morning. It was good to hear the ski reports from New Hampshire while we were waiting. Oh, is that what you were listening to? That is hilarious. <laughs> How are they? It sounds like it's getting there. I, you know, everybody's just like, when is it going to snow? When is it going to snow? When is it going to snow? But I saw some cars actually with skis on top going up the um, the highway today. So that's <laughs> that's so funny. We need snow. We really need snow. But that's okay. Is it snowing? Is it snowy in Minnesota? No, it's raining. Yeah, yeah. What's going on? It's crazy. I don't know. It's They're just predicting a brown Christmas, which is not really exciting for that, anybody. That's not exciting. I actually spend my Christmas um, usually down in Florida, which is really bizarre because I've usually in, in the past spent it, you know, having a white Christmas, and my parents are down in Florida now, and we have palm trees in eighty degree weather while we're opening <laughs> gifts, and it's just raw. There's nothing right about it. There's just, but I have to deal with it. But there's nothing right about it. I'm like, this is so weird. So um, I need to get some fake snow and put it around the house or something, something like that. Something yeah. like that. Well, anyway, it's, it is so nice to have you on the show. Um, we definitely worked hard to make the dates, uh, make our schedules aligned, and uh, I'm glad we're actually doing this. Um, so I'm excited to uh, to hear more about your what your work is and what you're doing there. Um, you're doing some really wonderful things. And first, I want to talk about your the title, your Earth and Community Care. What, why why did why did Aveda and why did you choose that as the title? Well, you know that's a very interesting question, and I actually have with me a colleague. Tina Tui, who's with our communications team, and she knows this story probably better oh. than anyone does, because cool. when I interviewed with Aveda, with Dominique, uh, five years ago, just about right now, uh, we were talking about uh, the role and so forth, and a month or so later, when they offered the position to me, it had originally been positioned as Vice President of Environmental Sustainability and Social Responsibility or something like that. Mm -hmm. I was sitting in Dominique's office and Tina was his uh, executive administrative assistant at the time and, you know, I left and started driving down the road and I called Tina back and I said, you know, everything's great about this except the title. And I said, it doesn't fit with Aveda because Aveda is a brand that's all about care. And I think we should call this position Earth and Community Care rather than Environmental Sustainability and Social Responsibility. And she took that into Dominique, and within 30 seconds, we were done. Oh, that is so funny. And Dominique, of course, is the president President of Aveda. Aveda. Okay. So, Tina, you're with us, too. So anytime, anything you want to add to that? (laughs) No, I think he captured it pretty perfectly. (laughs) Okay. Well, I'm excited that you're you're with us as well. It's fun to have both of you, um, both of you there. Um, So let's talk, give give our listeners um, a general overview of Aveda and, and what you do and the history. Well, 
You know, Aveda was founded by a professional hairdresser, and, and that has kind of guided the evolution of the company from the beginning, because Horst Reckelbacher, the founder, as a professional, was concerned about the products that he as a professional and his colleagues had to work with. And as a result of this concern and the fact that his mother was a botanist, uh, the story is a little fuzzy in terms of details, but he came up with this vision of creating a company that would produce products for professional hairstylists to use that were derived from plants, with the vision being that these would be safer and more efficacious, particularly for the professionals, um, than some of the products that were currently in use. So that was kind of the overarching founding vision. And then in addition to that, um, Horst was a committed environmentalist, and he wanted to make sure that however we did this, uh, we did it as sensitively to the environment as possible. So you kind of take that original equation and vision, and that has really guided and driven the company ever since. Okay. And, you know, one, just one example of that was when, you know, after the Valdez oil spill in, in the late 80s, um, Ceres came into being and created the Valdez Principles, and Horse was the first private business to sign up for the Valdez Principles, and, you know, we've been guided by those and other principles ever since. So, you know, it's really in the DNA of the company. Mm -hmm. And it's, it's ironic because the cosmetics industry is actually kind of a dirty business. You know, it's the beauty industry in general, it, it, when you really dig down. And that's kind of that's really kind of what sets you guys apart. Um, I was in a meeting yesterday telling uh, someone that I was interviewing you and they said, oh, well, you know, the cosmetics industry, they're really getting a bad rap. And I said, not these guys. These guys are actually doing some really cool stuff. Now, let, let's let's talk about the cradle to cradle issue. Um issue concept uh this is something that is near and dear to my heart and this is really this is really something that aveda has has embraced um and we're not talking about babies and cradles we're talking about a, pro a process and you've worked really hard with bill mcdonough and his team why don't you give our uh, audience a little bit of background on that well actually we we've worked much more closely with bill's co-author Michael Braungarten mm -hmm. in Germany, although we do know Bill, and I actually had the pleasure of speaking with Bill earlier this year at the Sustainable Cosmetics Summit. But the, we, Aveda was drawn, even before I got here, to the cradle-to-cradle -cradle design principles because of the how well the concept of cradle-to-cradle -cradle design aligns with what Aveda has been about as a company ever since its founding. And, you know, the overarching principles are, you know, continuous cycling of materials, whether in the natural environment or the biosphere, as it's articulated by the Bill and, and Michael, or in the technosphere or the technical environment. And our products by their very nature, being both consumable products and products that have to be packaged in very substantial materials really fit that model uh, very well. And, you know, even before cradle to cradle as a vision sort of came into a, a broader awareness and understanding, these principles were driving 
Aveda's business development. So, you know, put that in perspective, you know, we've been looking at improving the quality of products over decades to assure that they can safely be returned to the, the biosphere or the natural environment. And we've been an industry leader in developing recycled content packaging, reducing the amount of packaging needed, and so on and so forth to minimize the materials, packaging materials that end up uh, in landfills or waste. So, you know, we're kind of, we've embraced this vision because it fits what we do and it enables us to, you know, more effectively articulate some of the principles that design or drive our design. Mm-hmm. You've, you, and you've talked about how, I, I've, I've seen you talk about how sustainability in general is not a program at Aveda per se. It's more of a general philosophy and a way of doing business. Part of that is the, obviously engaging the consumer and, and people who are buying the products. How, 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 is this, how does that work? How does that process work um, where you get feedback from consumers and, and understand what they're willing to tolerate in terms of packaging and in terms of the, 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 the products themselves? Well, in the in the past, and until the more recent era of social networks and, and social media, which I'm no expert in myself, Tina's smiling. Um, <laughs> you know, we used to do periodic surveys. Uh, we have a customer relations team that is constantly on the phone with consumers. Uh, both listening to them and, and also asking questions from time to time. Um, so we have, you know, th- sort of through the what you call the normal communications channels, we have regular contact with our consumers. So particularly if they're unhappy about something, we hear about it very quickly. Mm-hmm. Uh, we don't hear quite so much about what they're happy about, but we take that as a good sign. Exactly. No um, news is good news. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, you know, and, and I mean, the, the beauty is that we really don't get a lot of feedback that suggests that what we're doing in the sustainability and responsibility arena is is not to their liking. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it's sort of, well, as you say, no news is good news. Yeah. Um, but we also actively engage with our consumers. We've particularly gotten quite active on Facebook recently. Okay. Um, Again, I'm not directly involved in that, but I have colleagues who do that on a regular basis. And we we do get a lot of feedback on the brand from people there, and it tends to be very, very supportive. Um, at the same time, if they have a question about something, it comes up very, you know, it comes to our attention very quickly, and either we're able to respond to it or even more valuable, we're finding these days, other customers are able to respond to it. Which is great. One one of the things that we find really reinforcing and reassuring is the extent to which our customer base supports what we're doing by defending the brand if we come under attack in the social media space. Mm, I see. That's another arena that's very interesting for us. And like most companies, we're still learning the path through the the new forest, but it's... it's, (laughs) It's a great experience. That's cool. So I'm I'm interested um, in talking about 
there, I, I could spend an entire show talking about the projects that Aveda does, but I'm particularly interested in the commitment that Aveda has with clean energy and alternative energy. Can you give us a couple of examples of, of what you've done, perhaps at your manufacturing facility in, in Minnesota or another story? Yeah, I mean, energy has been a major focus for Aveda since we began manufacturing here just a little under 20 years ago. Um, again, going back to Horst, uh, you know, one of the things he did as soon as he had a factory was sign up for the Green Lights program, which was in its early years then. And, you know, he started out on this systematic path of improving energy efficiency uh, throughout the operations, you know, whether it's lighting or whether it's motors for equipment, you know, it's just whenever there was the opportunity to improve energy efficiency, they took advantage of it. And, Mm -hmm. you know, that's not to say that we got way out ahead of the curve, but when equipment needed to be replaced, you know, finding the most energy efficient available at the time was, was very important. So, you know, we had a very successful track record in reducing uh, energy consumption, primarily on a unit base because manufacturing was growing pretty rapidly, uh, particularly through the 90s and, and continuing up to the present. Mm-hmm. But when you say unit base, what do you mean by, by that? Per, per unit of product produced. Okay. okay. You know, it's, it's indexed because... You know, you can you can improve your energy efficiency, but if your total production continues to increase, you still have to use more energy. You're just mm-hmm. using less than you would have had you not made the efficiency improvements. Mm-hmm. So that that's been a real mantra, and we've during the night or during the 2000s, we've been able to really stabilize it pretty well. So as production has increased, we've managed to keep energy fairly flat, but Starting in the, um, I think it was 2006, it was a little before I got here, we made the decision to go beyond simply focusing on efficiency and look at, you know, how, how can we utilize, how can we use renewable energy? And, you know, the first thing you look at in those kinds of cases are, you know, can you produce renewable energy on site? Well, where we are in Minnesota, uh, there's not a lot of wind, and the solar energy is not what it could be, especially if you look out the window today. <laughs> so what we did was look for alternatives, how we could support the development of renewable energy uh, through purchasing power. And, and so the uh, our local electrical utility was going into the wind power business in the, the mid part of the last decade, and they were offering a deal where for a slight uptick, you know, you could you could purchase wind energy equivalent to the amount of electricity that you were using in your operations. So we did that um, over a period of three years. So, you know, effectively, we use wind energy even though we don't produce it on site. It's produced elsewhere in Minnesota and comes to us through the grid. Okay. Um, but then... You know, there's certain. Obviously, we use more than electricity, so we looked at our carbon footprint and said, "Aha! You know, we're still using natural gas, um, and we need to offset that." So we partnered with Native Energy uh, out of Burlington, Vermont, and we've been purchasing uh, renewable energy offsets through them from very high-quality projects for. Uh, 
actually almost 10 years now, although for our operations that started in 2007. And so we have effectively become carbon balanced in our North American operations hmm. over the past five years. Okay. Now, in the last couple of years, and I realize I'm rambling, but it no, is no, no, it's good. It's good. It's near and near and dear to my heart. Yeah. Uh, we we put a solar installation. We have a distribution facility in Huston, uh, California, near LA, and we put a solar array on that, and we're able to produce about half of our energy there. The roof won't take enough uh, panels to produce all of it. But we've reduced, we use 50% renewable energy in that facility, and we've also installed a pilot solar plant here in, on our facility in Minnesota, and we're trying to figure out whether it's going to make economic sense to do that more wow. extensively. We're watching our energy lobby in Minnesota as they try to work on better deals for solar. We're fully prepared to do it. Um, Estee Lauder, the parent company, is also very committed to solar where they can make it work financially. So, it's, you know, we're really well aligned on on the whole energy efficiency arena. Yeah, and then, the, of course, you know, having the buy-in from the Estee, from Estee Lauder, you know, when you have that buy-in from, from the parent company and, 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 and obviously they're giving you the reach and the capital, that's, you know, that's huge. You asked earlier about a lot of the things we've been doing. Yeah. And, you know, we've been owned by Estee Lauder since 19... 19- the end of 1997, and Estee Lauder has just been tremendously supportive of the brand in mm-hmm. its commitments. Uh, you know, they they bought the brand because they realized that we were a, sort of symbolic of the wave of the future, and they've really been very supportive of and enabled us to do things that we might not have been able to do had we remained independent. Well, we're gonna. I'll ask one more question. We have to we have to wrap up pretty soon here. I've so I have probably ten more questions here. So Chuck, we're gonna have to get you back. On. On. <laughs> but, but that's a good thing. <laughs> um, but I, I was, I was, inter- I'm interested in 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 the relationship with Estee Lauder and what you are actually, uh, you know, able to bring to them. I mean, they're able to bring a lot to you guys. But what, uh, you know, what are, are you able to take your practices and the philosophy that Aveda has and, and transfer it in some respect over to the parent company? Well, I think very much so, and I suspect one of the areas that we've maybe been most influential is in the packaging arena. Okay. Because when Estee Lauder bought Aveda, they sent a packaging leader from Estee Lauder out here to take over packaging here. And he became a total convert to Aveda's packaging principles and actually became one of the founders of the Sustainable Packaging Coalition. And, you know, that area, I think, is one in which our influence has probably been amongst the strongest in Estee Lauder. But Estee's also been working very diligently on developing their broader sort of corporate responsibility commitment, and we've been very actively engaged with them in that, almost in a consulting role. So it's a good relationship, and you know, we see a lot of progress in Estee Lauder, and they've enabled us to continue our progress. All right. Well, we're gonna we're gonna wrap it up. But thank you so much for taking the time. I know you have a slight cold. I hope you feel better. <laughs> we'll have you back soon. Happy holidays. 
Happy holidays to you all. Okay, thanks, Chuck. Bye. All right, we're Nature of Business. Get on uh, my website, naturebusiness.fm, and we will see you next week. Same time, same place, and you're listening to Nature Business. The proceeding has been Nature of Business with Chrissy Coughlin in association with GreenBiz.com.